Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tesla of WrestleZone.com, joined by John Clark tonight to talk about WWE NXT 2.0. John, how you doing? Well, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Um, doing pretty good. <laughs> We're here to talk about WWE NXT 2.0. Um, yeah. Well, John and I were talking before when on the air. There's a stretch in the opening hour where I, there is just segment after segment of things I didn't really care for. Uh, and that, that just kind of took me out of it to begin with. And ironically, I, I thought the second hour was a lot better. So at least things kind of ended on a better note. But uh, this one, in some ways, was pretty rough. We'll talk all about it. I want to hear your thoughts in the comments section here. But before we do, just want to remind you all of this show, like everything we do here is available on all of our streaming platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, our podcast, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. Boy, John, I mean, let's start with some positives, all right? We have the main event. Uh, as, as advertised, which was Roderick Strong, the Cruiserweight Champion, facing Braun Breaker. I thought this was a very good match. I thought this was yet another step in the in the right direction for Braun Breaker. He looked great against a, a veteran like Roderick Strong, as we've been saying for weeks now. Pretty much any time you have one of these kind of matches, you can pretty safely bet that the, the new guy is going to win. Uh, but I thought it was a good, still a good match, uh, even despite of that. There's some times where I thought Strong might win anyway. Um, Breaker wins, and then he gets attacked by Tommaso Ciampa, the NXT champion from behind, which would seem like a heel move, but I'm sorry, you're not going to get me to boo the, the face of the Black and Gold Baron at this point. You're just, you're just not. Uh, but from that self, Stephen Chambers saying it was a good match. John, what do you think about this latest showing from Braun Breaker and the pretty clear tease uh, that we will be getting a rematch between uh, Ciampa and Braun Breaker here? Uh, I thought this was probably the best match that Tron has had in quite some time on the show. Uh, I thought that the finish was pretty good, but it did seem like they rushed it a little bit at the end there. Uh, I think this is going to be an earned win for Breaker if they do end up getting this rematch uh, and kind of uh, make NXT 2.0's legacy solidified in stone. Uh, I also think that Strong versus Hayes is probably on the horizon, which um, I believe could be a potential winner-take-all between the Cruiserweight and NXT North American Championship. It would be a clever way to potentially phase out the Cruiserweight Championship if they wanted to do that. What do you think about that possibility that we could kind of see the this winner-take-all kind of match uh, in, in an attempt to possibly get rid of that Cruiserweight Championship? I think that'd make a lot more sense than some of the things we've been there or not. We, that they've, that they've been teasing when they had the, the Joe Gacy feud, it seemed like they're going to do some kind of, even if not in name in principle, some quote unquote, all inclusive title to, uh, to end the, the cruise weight limit in that sense, strong retained title there. And they've clearly moved on from that. Uh, but that was definitely a, a hint or a sign that they might be, like as you're saying, there there might be something else on the table uh, for the cruiserweight title, and I think that'd be a lot more preferable to have the winner take all champions champion match kind of thing, because then it's less changing a title into something else that it's not, and and more of just uh, strengthening and solidifying another title in, in the process. I think that'd be preferable to be building that up in, in a good way, and with, with Melo saying that that he's the A champion and that he's you know the best, you know, to, to quite literally beat another champion and, and take his title in, in that sense. I think that would be a pretty good way to do so. But uh, 
you know, um, if we see if that's one outcome here that we that we see Hayes versus Strong, which was was teased here, Hayes was at ringside for this match. Uh, they had a backstage confrontation. I think you know there there are definitely worse things they could do. Uh, but again, a pretty good main event here. Uh, Brian Everett saying it was impressive, made both guys look look good. Agreed, and, and that's what you really only want for for any main event. So I, I have to be uh, on board with that. So can't complain there. Uh, as for Stephen Chambers asking when we might see uh, this eventual rematch between Champ and Braun. I mean, they've got New Year's Evil. I, I forgot about that until, until I just said it. I forgot they've got that coming up in just a few weeks. So I guess that would make the most sense. We've talked about that before of, you know, having the New Year start with a new era, or as we, we, we've joked about before, NXT 2.5 in that sense of, of having Breaker win the title and kind of really kick off this new 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 uh chapter in, in x history so i think that'd be my would be my assumption i don't think they're going to draw it out too much further beyond that but uh would you would you think the same or would you think they might want to try and yeah up a little I, bit more? I, I would definitely agree there yeah so i, I think we're looking forward to that and that would only be looking at now th- three weeks from today we have two more tvs before that so and there's and there's not too much they'd have to do. You know, they could have one more kind of thing next week, and then the kind of the classic, if they choose to, the the, the um, what was it called? Like the the count, not the countdown video package, but like you know the target, prime target, or whatever, whatever it was uh, back in the days of, of takeover, doing the next Plus, video who, package. Who knows? Who knows what we're actually going to get on the twenty eighth? Because usually they do like a year end review type exactly. show, so there might only be one show left. Yeah. So that with that in mind, uh, and and, that, and in that case, that's fine. They've already had this feud; they've been building it up anyway. Uh, the one of those things where it's like you don't have a whole lot more to do because it's still that inherent clash of the past and present that's uh, spinning out of of war games. So to me, that's still right itself. Um, but still, speaking of the titles here, talk about the cruiserweight title, some concern or questions about what the future might hold for it. Brian Everett saying, you know, it could be changed to more of a mid card title if they're doing away with it. I mean, like. That's if if it gets folded into the North American title, uh, as we were saying before, with the North uh, with the winner take all thing. Uh, that's kind of what the North American title is. Although sometimes it feels like there's a like like it's a fine line of the of the the main title and North American, depending on uh, who's holding the title at, at either time. But I think they've been doing a good job with Mellow, and especially in, in this hypothetical that they if they wind up doing that, you know, I I, I wouldn't be upset with that. But Nesh was saying the Cruiserweights are her favorite. Um, and there has been something to be said for having a, a title for the Cruiserweights, for having, um, if, if you have the depth, if you have the talent to do it. Uh, but unfortunately, again, I think sitting here today, several months in of rounds of releases, some of these rounds literally just wiped out the Cruiserweight division itself. Uh, and so I feel like we are at a point now of how do we best adapt and adjust? That might be one good way to do it. Um, so... Am I, am I saying I want them to do with the title? No, but they, they might be reaching a point where it might be the, the better way to go here. Uh, speaking of uh, the better way to go, something we have been kind of predicting, it feels like we are most certainly going to get uh, a women's title match at some point soon between Mandy Rose and Cora Jade. Cora Jade picked up yet another win here against Dakota Kai, uh, where Dakota Kai went to get her shovel and <laughs> I guess quite literally buried Cora Jade and uh, the referee stopped her. This action let Cora Jade win. Cora Jade on a roll, and then Mandy Rose attacked Jade after the match, and apparently, as the, the broadcast team re- uh, reported, uh, re-aggravated Cora's uh, shoulder injury, so that might ha- have her get written off TV for a week or so, but she'll be back, and when she does, have to imagine this is where we're going. John, what do you think about Cora Jade's uh, wave of momentum here, and I guess you know, what else we saw kind of uh, unfold spinning out of this? 
Uh, I agree with all your points, but I do think it was kind of a, a letdown with the way they kind of built her up to be a, a credible threat. She was getting beat down a lot throughout the match and really didn't mount like a really serious comeback. I, I just wasn't I just wasn't interested in this match for a majority of it. And I think it's a shame because Dakota Kai came back with the intention of probably making the talent that are, are below her look much better than they have. But I do think uh, when it's all said and done, Court they will have the opportunity to look very good and, and, and at a much higher level uh, when she potentially wins a title. Uh, now, of course, we know we're going to get here. Um, Cora J is going to get her match, and of course, they're going to be heelish tactic to our toxic attraction. We'll make sure she keeps it for a while. I don't see Mandy Rose winning clean. I don't see Courtney losing clean. I, I think it's one of those situations we're going to get here. Yeah, I know. I, I would agree. And that's even kind of what we saw at least a little bit tonight. Toxic attraction came out of the stage and distracted Jade and that uh, helped uh, Mandy attack from behind. Um, and I know I, I would agree. They've been, they're, they're clearly trying to build up for Jade, even if not as a, a, traditionally strong contender as the kind of underdog that can kind of catch you uh unexpected and you know kind of win in matches like this that's what we saw tonight um i know our, our comment section is very very high on core as well dj this week saying core j the the new queen of extreme based especially based on what we saw at war games but milligan saying he likes core jade Brian Everett saying you know, it was a good match with Kai here. Jade keeps impressing. Stephen Chambers saying uh, Corey Jade has a bright future, but it's not her time, at least for now, managed to retain, and I would agree with that. Uh, as always, for me, when you have these uh, underdog situations, more often than not, you shouldn't have the underdog win the first time. Like, it's kind of, if you kind of draw it out a little bit like that. Um, and I think that's what, what we're going to be seeing. Maybe if, if they get if they do this match at New Year's Evil, some shenanigans, and then maybe later on, if, there's, if they do like a uh what was it a vengeance day kind of thing in february maybe could be could be a, a you know pretty organic way to do it and that's just saying that the, the shovel was a nice prop anytime you see a shovel on a wrestling show it's like it's it's kind of funny because obviously the, the lingo being getting buried and stuff it, it always makes me gives me a little laugh but uh dj again saying he's uh about how much he likes chorus saying how can you not be interested in core match uh, he's asking you, John, but uh, he's lady, uh, she's one of the best women's wrestlers in NXT history, and she hasn't been on the Oh my god, long. I don't, I'm, I'm I would not go that far <laughs> yet, but hey, whatever. Um, I, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't think I've seen enough personally to think that it's been a shoe in for a, fi a five star top of the top by any means, but that's just me. Yeah, uh, she's still very much a newcomer. I've been very impressed so far. But to me, it's important to kind of pump the brakes and say, all right, she's, she's good, having a good run, still very early in that run. So I kind of have to wait and see how uh, the whole, I guess, the, the, the totality of it kind of uh, measures up once all of a sudden done, once she's on main roster or whatever. Uh, whereas, I mean, if you're liking it, if you think that she's that great, like, as I always say, more power to you, I will wait and see uh, how she continues to grow. And I think she will. I think she'll do great here. Uh, in the coming week, weeks and months, I'm looking forward to that. Speaking kind of along that same mindset we've been saying, and that's just saying you've got to build up Cora Jade more uh, before she wins. And again, whether that's at the if they if they if they do eventually thing in February or another takeover like event in the early spring, I don't know. But her time's coming. It isn't quite uh, right now. But uh, some we do know is a little more in the in the short term future. We do know that Dakota Kai will face uh, Raquel Gonzalez next week. I actually had one match this week. She'll be in action next week as well. Uh, this would seem to be 
um, the the Brawath match. These two obviously have been feuding for a while. They were tag team partners. They they won the Dusty Cup and the tag team titles. Uh, Gonzalez defended her women's championship against Dakota a couple months ago, and they feuded all the way through War Games. Now they're still going, and it looks like we're going to get one more time. Going to see these two have a street fight next week uh, with Dakota. Uh, Raquel literally saying she wants to end Dakota. Wants to end the street. Wants to end Dakota in a street fight. And uh, Steven saying we might see the shovel again next week in a match where it's actually Eagle. I think that's a, a fair prediction there. Um, not sure predicting uh, that Dakota's going to lose. Would have to agree. I mean, I think as always, I, I try to look at the, the the future coming out of a match like this. It's like whoever wins would kind of slot in for a title shot. It would make a lot more sense on paper to have Man, uh, Mandy face Raquel again. Um, in that just the future, but nonetheless, I think it'll be a very good match. But John, what are you thinking about this potential uh, feud ending match here? Man, I don't really know. I mean, there, there could be a lot of ways to make this out. You know what I mean? Like, do you really like? In your mind, is this truly the end? Do you think? I mean, uh, it could be the kind of thing it's done for now. Like, it doesn't have to be the end. Like, they're never going to fight ever again. But it has been a while. They had the singles feud for the women's title. Had some time away. Dakota comes back, and you know she helps Mandy Rose in the title. So obviously, it made sense to do another rematch. They had war games. Um, True. Okay. So, yeah, so, I mean, know, I guess, I guess this is kind of at least on in the in the NXT roster. The end. Uh, I did. I, think- I did. I did like Dakota's promo. Uh, she interrupted Corey Jade's interview uh, tonight and said something like, uh, "We we saw a brief kind of alliance with Raquel and Corey last week." And Dakota said, "Oh, you know, this is what she does. You know, uh, Raquel once she finds someone with talent, she kind of latches on to you and tries to ride out as long as she can." So I kind of like that uh, acknowledgement of that history of that dynamic. Um, could they draw this out more? Yes, but I feel like they'd really have to kind of dig a little deeper than what, what we've been seeing so far. Um, and I think they, they could do that. I'm saying that was what, for me, what it would take to kind of keep my, my interest going here. But on the flip side, talking about Dakota m- being more logical of, of the two to lose here, but at the same time, uh, two comments. Uh, Steven saying uh, Raquel will be in the Royal Rumble and maybe even uh, more permanently. Brian saying that Raquel could get caught up after the match, just like Ray Ripley last year, ironically, uh, kind of a full circle thing there. Um I think that would make sense. I know she's had at least one dark match up on SmackDown uh, in recent memories. So, um, in that case, yeah, I think it would, and with that in mind, it might make more sense to have Raquel lose and, to, and to, get, to build Dakota up, even if it's not for an immediate title shot, just to feed with some of the other, the other upcoming faces here. But um, I do, I do think one way or another, it's gonna, gonna it's gonna come to a head next week. Uh, at least for now, and and if not, if Raquel doesn't get called up, then maybe she'll move on to other things. Could always circle back later, but I thought it's probably time. So, uh, someone else who's apparently time is now is Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller started the show uh, with a promo, or he got a video package, like the full uh, full court press video video package about him attacking Johnny Gargano last week. Of course, Johnny officially a free agent now. Uh, Waller with a promo about it. You know, talking about, you know, he didn't understand why Johnny was thanking the fans and he doesn't need anybody. Uh, and he just, all he, all he needs is himself. And he's partying it up. And I thought this in, it was interesting. Not so much the promo itself, but like there was very much intentionally so this clear dynamic where everyone in NXT, not, not just the fans, but like literally everyone backstage just hated Grace Moff for what he did. Like they were just like, you know, giving him dirty looks. And Braun Breaker, even better, Braun Breaker kicked him out of like the Young Stars locker room. 
because he was so upset. Like, I guess he just didn't want to be associated with him. Now, even if that's not a direct reaction to what he did to Gargano, just the fact that, that he has this kind of stink on him about what, what he did, I thought that was kind of cool. It's like, okay, you know, Braun Breaker, not so much uh, as he had been this this clear heel. Now he's just kind of this, this you know, maybe tweener, badass kind of guy, and, and he doesn't support what Waller did. Uh, but to me, it's interesting that Waller's in this gray area of, like, I'm still just mad about what went down last week, and there's kind of this promo at night, and he like kind of like go away level heat where I was like, man, like, get out of here. But then like he he got he got a rub. He, he's he started the show. He's very clearly like they're they're trying to position him uh, as a if not a top guy, at least kind of a, a bright rising star here. So, um, but this was just played out throughout the night. Io Shirai screamed at him. Uh, Tiffany Stratton. From from behind, debuted and said her daddy thinks he's he's terrible. Um, unfortunately, Stephen, I have no idea what you said to uh, Grayson Waller, but I imagine it wasn't good. I imagine that had some colorful language there. But um, I don't know. I thought this was entertaining. This 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 you know brand wide dynamic where everyone just dislikes him and, and wants nothing to do with him. John, what do you think about the the aftermath of Grayson Waller's um, just brutal brutal assault on Gargano last week? I mean, it's pretty amazing when, like, even Wade Barrett, the commentator, uh, is basically saying what you did was wrong, and and I think this separates him from the rest of the bad guys on the show. This segment, the whole thing last week, the promo tonight, is set up to make him pretty much the most hated guy, ensuring he will never be liked or appreciated by the the NXT fans. I think it did a good job of doing that. And it feels like anybody could fight him and be cheered at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, time. I think the gimmick is set up for that. The gimmick is made for him to be universally hated forever. I'm trying to think of somebody that maybe on the main roster that's kind of had that gimmick given to them. Miz does come to mind, although he did have a little bit of a run yeah. as a face there a little bit, but uh, I think we're going to get LA Knight eventually returning to feud with him and he'll be universal, universally loved for Taking out Waller, even though I don't think I think Waller is probably in a position now where he could win again and again and again. But some of it didn't make sense with um, with uh, uh, Braun Breaker like saying you're not welcome anymore. Like I don't know. Like if he's supposed to be a heel, like you really wouldn't do that too. So I don't know. Maybe people are going to overlook that though. I think they are trying to blur the lines a little bit there. Where like to me, I read that as this like layer. Uh, of the Braun Breaker character, where yeah, he he was a face at first. Then with the the war game stuff, it was very much a heel kind of thing. Now that we're kind of moving past that, um, shifting more into this, uh, yeah, I think it's a gray area. Because again, he he faced Roderick Strong tonight. Roderick Strong and Diamond Mind, very much a heel uh, person and, and group respectively. So um, I I think they are kind of playing with that line a little bit. And to me, having um, Having that 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 little scene of him kicking him out of the locker room was just kind of another way to kind of uh, you know further further that uh, of uncertainty and, and just make him more of a complicated character. It's like okay, yeah, you know, he was part of the 2.0 team. Yeah, they they beat up the the, the black and gold kind of uh, representatives for a couple of weeks, and someone like me said that they they won and, and ended the black and gold era. Uh, but yeah. at the same time, now being not someone positioned as a heel like a, a like a full heel, but maybe maybe more of a, a middle ground. So, um, but hey, people again, 
Uh, we're talking about well, this really could be beneficial what? for Grayson Waller. You know, Brian Everett saying that Waller is getting heat like this. He could be, uh, he could eventually get a title shot. And I think right now, I mean, if we, if we want to talk about long-term booking, maybe we're sitting here weeks or months from now. Brock Breakers are going to have a great run. Grayson Waller, could brought, you, you mentioned John, rack up some wins. And then lo and behold, you know, he could kind of uh, find his way into a, a title shot and be like, hey, you're the guy that kicked me out of the locker room. And like, and we took two different paths and here we are. And having those two different kind of uh, ideologies of the new school, if you will, kind of tie like that. I think that could actually be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And I said that's someone that hasn't been fully on board with, with this very smaller kind of thing, but I think that'd be kind of a kind of cool outcome more for the not. If you, if you show me that kind of long-term storytelling, I'm not going to be that upset. If like, if it makes sense and, and you pull it off. Um, and I, I, I was going to make this comparison as well as well. Uh, Herman comparing Waller to the Baron Corbin of NXT 2.0. I think that's a fair comparison, but like, Baron Corbin, a guy that by and large hasn't had a face run. People kind of rallied around him when he was doing the whole like uh, sad Corbin kind of thing. But and otherwise, he's been a pretty clear heel his whole time on the roster. So, um, or at least for the past several years, and that he's very firmly in my mind to heel like that. So, and that's not about Carson. I think he's, he's enjoying a success around the main roster. So, uh, if Waller can follow a similar pattern, not, not too shabby. Um, but after this, like the show, okay, maybe not right for this because we did have a good match. It was Cameron Grimes and Duke Hudson, no holds barred. Um, don't know why we needed this again. We we saw this war games, Grimes won. Uh, Hudson thought he cheated after he got his head shaved. So Waller or uh, Grimes just wanted to uh remove any doubt that he was the best. So they, they had a no holds barred match, pretty much what you expect, you know, trash cans, weapons, poker table. Because that's what I knew that was about. coming. I knew you were going to mention the poker table. How could I not, John? <laughs> They're just shoving it down the throats so of these guys are fight, feuding over poker and hair at this point. Well, interestingly enough, I thought this was the best match that Grimes and, and Hudson had together in NXT. Uh, but, but um, I still think there's something missing here. If you remember, I think it might have been last year when we had I forget who it was. We had a main roster feud that. It was going on and on and on, but they, they, they just didn't have chemistry together. It's one of those situations here where I feel like storytelling is okay, but the actual in-ring chemistry component is just not there. Uh, the rivalry needs to stop right here. This I have to, to think be, this is it. Yeah. This has to be over. Um, Hudson is obviously bald now. Okay, whatever. It, it, he'll, his hair will grow back. That'll be it. Uh, he needs to build himself back up, and Grimes needs to either move up or do something more substantial with somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more. Uh, I, I, some people, and I, I noticed this as well. It was weird that you know we saw Hudson completely shaved, if not bald, like you know, pretty much you know clean shaven of, of the whole head. When he got shaved at War Games, he wasn't shaved; like he got his hair cut, and so it looks like he literally like shaved his head earlier today. For the sake of this for this um segment and that kind of one of those things that took me a little bit out of it but um Herman saying uh, that, that Hudson pulled it off and of course Hudson was wearing a wig got it pulled off to reveal the bald it's fine I thought the match was I thought the match was fine uh the the Grimes did a blackout through uh, no the cave-in th through a chair um pretty cool good one for him and yes Kevin Grimes is a treasure 
Uh, Nesha's saying that she loves Grimes. I hope for better for him as well. Steven, Steven Chambers saying push him to the moon for either the North American or NXT title. I can see him challenging for a North American title. Uh, right now, that's held by Cameron Grimes. Or sorry, that's held by uh, Kamal Hayes. I don't know if that would go very well for him because they're so clearly uh, gung-ho on all, all things Cameron uh, Kamal Hayes there. So uh, I think it would be a very good match, though. Good storyline. Good story so can't complain too much about that. Um, I thought this was good. And beyond this point, we took a pretty rough detour where just like, as I, as I mentioned earlier, there were several things in a row that either turned me off, upset me, or, or just weren't good. So the first thing that really, really I did not care for, uh, Brooks Reed, uh, jo Josh Briggs and Brooks, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. I can never get their name straight, damn it. And I, like, whatever, man, I don't, I don't even care. They were, uh, they, it was a tape segment and they were hanging out by the pickup truck. And country music is playing. So first off, I hate country music so much. <laughs> Anytime it plays on WWE TV, it automatically like makes my, my hair stand up. I'm like, all right, you know, not not great, not great. And then Casey Kenzaro and Caden Carter show up in another pickup truck, a, a supposedly a cooler pickup truck, um, to take them to a concert. Now, ironically, this was a continuation of a storyline we saw, I think, last week where they agreed to go to a concert. So Plus one thumbs up for for week to week storytelling. Then that we get this this montage of re, uh, Reed, uh, Briggs and Jensen and Casey Kenzaro, Caden Carter. I don't know why I can I can get them straight, but not the others. Um, at at a festival or a concert or or something, and they're partying and there are crowds of people. And I'm all right. I'm gonna catch flack for this, and I'm I'm ready for it. But John D. This isn't. I, it's not the best thing to be showing right now. Like, there's there's new concerns, rev revived concerns about pandemic stuff in a very serious way. They're at a country music festival, so you know, you know, no one there is wearing masks, John. You know, in the, like the back of your mind, like this, this, this is where they're at, and they're filming it, and they're partying, and they're listening to country music, and they're having a grand old time. So first, like again, a, what's the point? B. All those concerns under the surface equals not a good time for me. I'm like, this is not good. Masket or casket? Um, good golly, John. <laughs> uh, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I, I second your initial opinion of the fact oh. that they're blaring country music, which I used to enjoy, but cannot really stand anymore uh, ever since classic country stars of the mid 2000s got out of the, the picture there a lot of these new ones i, I cannot stand it but uh talking just about the segment itself i would agree with brian that says it was cringeworthy I, I don't get how this helped i mean they're clearly building these guys to kind of be like a number one contender type team i'm are just they? not seeing it i'm not seeing it i'm not <laughs> seeing it but i'd rather i'd rather talk about a segment that i thought was much more entertaining maybe you won't uh, we have Harland backstage. Oh, this is great. Best, um, best, best segment of the night right here. My he, God. He, he threw Brian Kendrick. Yes, that Brian Kendrick, the Brian Kendrick. He threw him down the stairs. Uh, he had to have a neck brace put on, sent to the hospital for further evaluation. Uh, he smashed it. He smashed. How do you say this guy's name? Guru, Guru Raj. Raj. Guru Raj. Yeah. He smashed his head into the mat. And then he won. Then he smashed his head a few more times to make himself <laughs> feel better again. Th this was not really a match. This was just an opportunity to showcase 
how dangerous Harlan can be. It reminded me of how they introduced Braun Strowman to the crowd to make him look big and dangerous and a threat. Uh, I think it will take months, if not longer, to truly see what he can do in the ring. Right now, it's like Omos. All yep. he is is a big guy that can do a few a few moves like powerful. I think what matters the most here is continue to build off of this gimmick that's like Michael Myers. Exactly. He's clearly a destroyer. He should not lose his vengeance, carelessness, dominant feeling, and he definitely should not be losing anytime soon. You build up a guy like Michael Myers. No, he should be just running a rough shot. And it's funny you mentioned that. Yeah, the first week or so that he was that he was around, like I thought he was kind of like in a costume for like Halloween. They're kind of like playing on that a little bit, literally because Halloween the movie was streaming on Peacock. So I was like, oh, maybe you know, we kind, you know, he kind of reminds me of hmm. Snitsky. That's a good shout. I, I I remember him. Yeah. Just like how he doesn't talk, he's real scary looking, like he doesn't really say anything, he just shows up and dominates. Now, of course, they ruined Sitsky because then he, he started to just not be on the show, stuff. and then, yeah. then he was losing. And You get my point, it's a comparison of looking like so dominant. Right. Um, no, I like that. Uh, Brian Everett also comparing him to a poor man's Eric Rowan. Uh, I think that's another good comparison as well. Uh, but overall, DJ's maybe not so much on board. Oh, we're not saying we're on board or not. I thought the, the it was just funny seeing him chuck a guy down the stairs. Uh, but DJ's saying all the hype about Parker Boudreaux or, or Harland, as he's now known, and saying he sucked, no talent at all. I mean, we there was nothing to really see here, as John Udley said. He just slammed a dude headfirst on the mat a couple of times. thought it was funny just, like, again, seeing him yeet a guy down the stairs. Um, you got shout out to Brian Kendrick, former, um, you know, cruiserweight star, former, I think, I don't know if he won the tag titles, but he was tagged him with Paul London for many years and had a lot of success, uh, all over the wrestling world. So cool to see him on TV like that, even, even in this role. Um, I don't know. I, I think Harlan's got that presence much. I think almost is, is a good comparison as well of just like, he's literally the way it was shot there. Uh, he's getting escorted out, out of the arena downstairs. And conveniently, there's, there's a camera at the bottom stairs, so they can they can see Harlan kind of coming down. It's just given his like killer stare right at the camera, and then for whatever reason, he kind of snaps and just chucks Brian Kendrick. And, and I don't know. I thought again, he he played it well. There there was nothing to really like, you know, break down. Otherwise, that's all he did. Like this is nothing to really like analyze too too much. I thought it was, I I liked it, but um. That's just a great thing. She thought they were the champions. I'll get up later, but I have, I have a feeling that they won the tag titles at some point um, years ago. But uh, yeah, this is just this is one match. We we cannot sit here and knock Harlan, and, and I'm not doing that. I thought there because there, there was just nothing to really to say. He, he slammed a dude, and I'm coming out tonight. I'm gonna remember the, the staircase scene, not not this brief squash match. So uh, with the character though, that's just saying the si silent silent kind of killer is, is scarier than a talker. This is what Harlan's gonna be. He's a He's a terrifying, like, monster of a man, and with the perfect combination of Joe Gacy, a guy that plays his role very well, I, I could see this actually being a very good um, combination here. So whether that's a, a monster push for, for Harlan or if they do a team kind of thing, I don't know. But uh, I think that this, this is one of the things on XC that's looking, that's looking up pretty nicely. So can't complain too much about that. One thing. That I haven't complained about, even though DJ clearly feels differently. Uh, DJ is saying everyone's favorite tag team, Jacket Time, with a big win over Guilty Young Veterans. John, you give him the thumbs down. 
Oh boy. So we had last legend uh, uh, with Jack of Time. Sorry, lasting, lashing out with Lash Legend. Say that fast. Um, with Jack of Time or in the show. Oh, I don't know what this was, man. I like, I can't even. They, A, I've, we, the first week I was like, I wasn't fully on board with Lashing Legend, Lashing out anyway. It just seems a little silly to me. If, if, they, if it was done well, it'd be one thing. It's just a kind of a corny Wendy Williams thing, and that's fine. Uh, Lash did wrestle on 205 Lives, or sorry, yeah, 205 Lives. So maybe, maybe she'll be coming around uh, into the ring at some point soon. But the, the, this, the, Last Legend show, especially this one. I mean, yeah, Jacket Time cut a promo uh, through subtitles talking about how they're going to uh, beat up Gosling Letters tonight. One thing, they said they're all about style strong, which I don't know if I thought was funny or if I thought was really cringy because obviously Kushida, famous Japanese wrestler. Shinsuke uh, Nakamura. Right? King of strong style. Like that, that is very, that is literally what. Japanese wrestling is all about uh, strong style, and they they flip that uh, for style strong, and it's jacket time, ha ha ha, get it? <laughs> like, I I don't know. I'm I, I'll have to kind of sit on that one a little bit because I'm not sure I feel about it. But um, my first impression, mm, not great. Um, but most several comments here upset about uh, the the ongoing treatment of Kushida. Brian Everett saying he's uh, he hates how they've ruined Kushida. Seems Everett saying jacket time, no comment. All I can say is poor Kushida not in a jacket time. Uh, not just saying she loves the team, but hates the name. And that's really what it boils down to. They had a very good match with Gilsey Young veterans, despite the gimmicks of both teams. Um, and I think that's a shame. I thought it could have been a very good match, just like when I'm so turned off of the way the characters are being presented or specifically what the characters are playing. It's not great. Um yeah, man, I just I don't want to knock it too too much, but well, I, this was definitely not 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 my favorite part of the show. I'll, I'll say that. Much. You need to give NXT credit somewhat for trying to rebuild the tag division as a whole. You got Imperium as champions right now. Looks like the Creed brothers are setting up to dominate Grizzly Young veterans. Of course, you got back in time finally at least looking like a good time, even though the name is completely horrible. Uh, I think what we can get coming out of this is Imperium is in for a long reign. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, if they can start to frame Jacket Time a little more seriously, maybe, I don't know, change their name. Uh, I think they could easily be strong contenders. But in the sitting here today, uh, Jacket Time, if they're your kind of leading contenders, I would say that's a pretty safe bet. Um, and otherwise, we mentioned a minute ago, if they want to do a tag team, kind of like Asia Styles and almost with the Gacy and, and Harlan kind of thing down the road, that's something. But right now, they don't have a whole lot of options ready to go today that could be the champions. They've got the Creed brothers, uh, Re Br Josh Briggs and Brooks crap. <laughs> Briggs and Jensen. I'm, I'm going to roll that. Briggs and Jensen. I can do that. Um, I mean, ironically, they're, they're at least on TV, so that's something. But yeah, they're, they're rebuilding it. And part of rebuilding is that it takes time. So maybe we'll be, we'll be sitting here in a couple of weeks with a more firm idea about which team might be succeeding in this regard. But it, but it is a rebuilding process. And literally, this, so the whole point of the 2.0 thing, as Nesh is saying, next season's full of rookies, or at least by and large, predominantly uh, using rookies at this point. So it takes time to build them up and really kind of get a feel for which ones you're going to be able to roll with. So yeah, we can't, I, I would say we can't wait for us to judge them. But sitting here today in the present, it is... Uh, Challenging when you know some of these teams maybe aren't quite ready in that sense. I agree with uh, Stephen Chambers saying he feels bad for Grizzly Young veterans, the, the the direction they're going with the characters they've got right now. Uh, saying they're better off going XC UK. 
mean, I think that's a shame because at one point they were one of the very best teams in NXT, and I think they still are. They're just uh, you know hamstrung by a bad gimmick, and and that's kind of um, predominantly the, the case here in some ways. So yeah, I, I feel bad for them. Uh, if if the pandemic permits, you know, well the travels to restrictions and whatnot, I don't want to see them go, but like maybe they could be them themselves or be the what they were on NXT UK. But if not. Hopefully they can kind of uh, you know figure this out, but uh, like, I can say all I want. Oh, they should just go back to what they were doing. Obviously, they're not going to do that. We got to roll with what they are doing. So, you know, we'll see what happens with because my veterans there. Brian Everett saying they should beat uh, MSK for the tag titles in the first place. Maybe, but you bring up MSK there, and John Riddle was on NXT for a second week in a row as the Shaman, uh, teaching uh, Nash. Carter and Wesley his ways. He wanted to see what was in the bag, and he did. He investigated MSK's bag, and he pulled out scissors, an earbud, uh, a comb, a, pa- a baseball bat in a, in a comically small bag, the John Cena United States Champion- Championship spinner belt, and somehow this man pulled out three, uh, uh, at the very least, two more scooters out of a, a very Where's the weed? <laughs> I thought they were going to do something something to like very clearly indicate okay this is what this is what we're talking about no they I, unless we're supposed to believe they had already had some of the uh some of the, that substance uh before it was uh scooter time as Nash was saying but i don't know man riddle was saying yeah like he was putting out all these props and he was saying oh you got to focus and, and to do that you got to ride these scooters man I uh, don't have any uh, relevant thing to input here because I thought it was pretty pointless. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> oh, that's 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 what I'm saying. This was part of that stretch of the show where it was just like thing after thing. I was like, either I don't care or I don't like it or or I'm not liking this specifically. And I'm, I'm, that sounds very negative. I, I don't I don't mean for it to, but it's like the, usually at least it's kind of like sprinkled in where it's like okay, you got some good, you got some bad. Whereas tonight it was more just like some good at first. It's Dude. funny because pretty much uh, after this, everything that we haven't talked about regarding the show tonight, to me anyway, was pointless. <laughs> I do. I okay. Devil's Advocate, not pointless. At least one thing that wasn't so pointless. Uh, DJ DJ saying that Ivy Nile picked up uh, an impressive mm-hmm. win. She faced um, Amori Miller. I believe she's been competing on two of five five. Yeah. Oh, this is good. I thought this was a good showing for Ivy Nile. However, in a match which she actually you know, took some offense, and uh, I think more so than her previous matches, I think she she looked impressive, and I think she has a lot of potential. Um, good to see Diamond Mind rolling, rolling, rolling strong here. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at my notes where we talked about Waller. We talked about Last Legend, Niall. There's a brief Zion Clinton. Oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. There's one thing, one thing I want to talk about, because I, I got the quotes from the promo. We had... A promo from the master of of the spoken word, Von Wagner. (laughs) Boy, this was something. So I got someone uh, tweeted the words here. So Von Wagner had a promo and he said, last week was just the first body to break. Next week it continues because I'm going to smash, going to smash, beat him into the ground. Why? Because I can. I I don't, I don't want to knock the guy. I'm not going to bury the guy, but. I don't know. Like when he was working with Kyle O'Reilly, I could like overlook it because he kind of like he got the rub from Kyle and like he was working with like 
I, I, Kyle's great, big fan of Kyle. But this was wasn't good. And they even teased that he, he like, at least indirectly, that he might be working with Rod, Robert Stone uh, moving forward here. I think that'd be good for him. It's like I, he, someone should speak for him uh, when these problems like this. Um, I don't know. Just yet, and yet another thing just kind of took me out of it a little bit. Stephen Stephen Chambers saying Wagner needs another a manager for his promos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was was not good. Um, I think he'd be very much benefit from a manager. He's got the size. He's got a, a good kind of star look to him in that sense. But I think and I think he'd be better off with a manager like that. Uh, but you mentioned otherwise things kind of seeming pointless here. On NXT. Yeah, I mean, we, we did have Boa. Was it a match that he won? We also had uh, Tony D'Angelo and, and Andre Chase, which Andre Chase always loses. And so there's no surprise there. Uh, I'll briefly talk about the uh, Tony and Andre match there. Uh, the right man won, obviously, with Tony winning. But uh, Pete Dunne being involved kind of made things more interesting. Pete Dunn versus Tony D'Angelo next week. It should be interesting. Does Tony D'Angelo get a kind of a big win here uh, to show that maybe Pete Dunn is there to put over some new talent, or is Pete Dunn going to continue to look good? And then real quick about the Boa match. Uh, I thought tonight was Boa's best match in the next today. Yeah. He looks good. Uh, and it looks like we're going to get <sighs> Boa and Sokoa <laughs> in a feud. Uh, Bo Boa and Solo Sokoa, I think you're gonna have a few, which is just like a mouthful of words. I, don't I, know. I, I have a hunch, or even maybe you know, I'm mostly kidding, but I feel like somebody in the in the creative meeting was like, "Hey, those names sound somewhere. Let's 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 roll with it because because why not? You know, um, Boa versus Sokoa. It, it has a weird ring to it. Like I don't know. Cool. Um, I don't know. Uh, Solo was watching backstage, you know, fine. But um, I think I, John, why are you clapping? What, what's up? Uh, just uh, looking at some of these comments. Stephen Chambers says, "Say that ten times fast." And you got uh, her uh, Herman saying, "What well, Wagner is the new Lars Sullivan?" I assume he's talking Ouch. about. Uh, yeah. Let's just keep that to a competitor standpoint, <laughs> of course. Uh, I, I but then, meant, just yeah. the comments in general about this potential feud. We got Boa, Boa Sokoa. I'm up for Nesha Love Solo. <laughs> uh, all of these, I don't even know. Uh, but hey, let's. Uh, we have a question for you from DJ. What was the Dexter Loomis drawing signifying tonight? You're the one that loves the stuff, so you answer the question. Well, first off, pouring out for. Uh, Papa John, Johnny Wrestling, obviously the way is officially uh, for all intents and purposes, no more. We even see Dexter tonight officially. Uh, we had um, you know, this drawing pop up where it was Dexter chasing Trick Williams throughout the arena. I, I didn't think it was anything to really interpret here. Um, I, I didn't read too much into it. Uh, and then the, I didn't shortly, shortly thereafter, they announced there'd be a match, so it was pretty clearly Dexter wanting revenge. Um, on Trick Trick and and Kamaru Hayes for uh, breaking his hand. Hopefully he gets it. Um, they'll, they'll, I'm going to be rooting for him next week. Um, DJ, if you if you have any theories about what this image may have meant, I I, I kind of took it at face value in that sense. But um, as always, there's always Easter eggs of anything. So um, I think that'll be fun. I'm, obviously, I've made it no secret. I'm a big fan of Dexter. Uh, could see Dexter maybe challenge for the North American title at some point. Not with Nash pointing that out. Uh, Steven saying Zion Quinn had a brief promo, very, very minimal. All he said basically was like, oh, Electro Lopez is playing a game now that I know the rules. 
game on. It's like, who talks like this? <laughs> like, oh my gosh. But um, I did want to point out uh, that the, um, the, the Boa match, Boa had a great match and I liked it. I thought Boa looked great. But for me, I, I sometimes John with all of these shows, I, I, my enjoyment is purely just trying to cock myself up. So we had Idris Anufa come out and I tweeted, Idris Anufa, I've had enough of, of NXT. <laughs> I just thought that was, oh, I thought I cracked myself up sometimes. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that's what NXT has turned me into at this point. Like, I just, I, 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 I'm desperate for, for any and all enjoyment at this point. But um, I agree with Friend of the Show with Radiant saying Dexter needs a title. Uh, I, I agree with uh, the comment that you need to join the WrestleMania crew. All right. Are we going to make me do this? For, uh, you know, okay. So to, we're, we're gonna take a tantrum next heat because that's what we'll, that's Dallas. So all right, you know, uh, Robert, this came. I think it was really not so ironically a couple of months ago, uh, either with uh, on the Raw show or the SmackDown show or something, talking about wanting me to go to uh, WrestleMania in Dallas, folks. Okay, I was going to go to a, an independent wrestling show next month, and I referenced it earlier with some of the the resurgent concerns about pandemic stuff i'm probably not even going to go to an event that would have like less than 100 people because that's who i am and if you if you disagree that's that is your prerogative and that's totally fine have fun have a good time <laughs> i am very comfortable from the from my couch in my home i'm getting a dog so i will snuggle up with my dog and enjoy that and watch from the safety of my home more for than not covering the show because i have to I'll be um, watching from the safety of section 14 R road two. <laughs> there you go. You know, I just, that's, that's the way I'm, Iridian's name is full Photoshop me into the pictures. Go ahead. You have my blessing. There, there, that way I can look back years from now and, 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 and live, literally live vicariously. I appreciate your kindness with that. Um, hopefully, hopefully the day will come. Okay. Hopefully the day will come. When I, when I and other people can actually go to an event, I'll see you. I'll see you in Los Angeles in 2023. <laughs> I'll nice. see you in St. Louis, January of 2022. Obviously, we could get way to the weeds here. It's just my. I think like, the bottom line here is Colin's not going. I'm not okay, going. We, we, talk, ask. we talked about this before. The problems are, I'm a paranoid person. And an anxious person, and I guess on the cake, I am cheap. So you're not going to get me to drop a pretty penny, uh, a very pretty penny, to go to a WrestleMania show go, with those go, other concerns in mind. Go on WrestleZone's dollar. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, well, man. okay. Well, we might as, we might as well have you rate NXT before we forget to do that. Um, I, I, I will go first. And I do want to point there was a couple of comments about what NXT needs is a vow renewal. That is the last thing NXT oh, needs. Oh, you are, is a you are wrong, renewal. my friend. That is we exactly do not need NXT that. Needs. Go back we to the do not glory want days. that. We do not need that. We do not want that. So I will give the show a solid six out of ten. Um, and I think that it was below average, and that interest is like the ratings chart going down and down and down every week. And I just, I just wanted to stop. I just wanted to get better, but I don't think it's going to. And I don't know. I really don't know what to do because obviously it's out of our out of our um, control. And I'm, I'm, 
I'm getting negative reactions for my Coleman <laughs> because look, um, my Coleman gets a five, and I think that if we had a five renewal on NXT, the show would get like a four or a three. There's no, there, look, I, I got to go with my buddy Luke on this one, and we just need to get on with the murder mystery instead that he has brought up the past couple <laughs> weeks. Pull the acts out. Again, the I that would at least be uh, interesting and like potential quality television. Whereas this, boy, oh man, Sean Smith knows. Sean Smith absolutely knows. Sean saying so. I would say W. Well, we agree to disagree on that one. Nash just saying six point five. Uh, DJ saying renew the vows six point seven five. Uh, Kyle the one one out of ten trash. Uh, Herman with a seven. <laughs> Ryan Ever with six point seven. Steven with 6.5. Um, Herman's is somewhat better. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a Nobody guy. has given it over a 7, and most people not even over a 6. Kyle even gives it a 1. Like you said, 1 out of 10 for trash storylines. The storylines aren't necessarily the worst part for no. me. It's just the fact that they're not progressing or the, the mashes just aren't good. I, I, I don't know. They I, I don't know what they can do to fix it, but I, it certainly feels like a roller coaster that was potentially going up at one point for a little bit, and now it's like we're like almost underground. We've been going down <laughs> for so long. It was so, weird because it was weird. I am someone asked me if I was looking forward to next year today, and at first I was like. <laughs> No, and then, and I, I, then I remember they, they announced a pretty solid lineup. I was like, okay, gonna have Braun Breaker and Roderick Strong, gonna have yeah. Jade Cody Kai. Like on paper, I'm like, okay, cool. And then you sprinkle in all the other crap of like Jacket Time and Reed, uh, Brooks Reed and I did it again, Reed and Jensen. Um, <laughs> it's almost like the exciting part of the show would be that year end review show on the 28th, but then at the same time, since they've revamped the show, it's unlikely. They're gonna to want to revisit that anyway, so it's yeah. like, yeah. So, uh, yet again, not to harp on an old point, but Brian Everett saying he still misses the black and gold brand, still misses Triple H, best wishes to Triple H and his recovery. But even even when he comes back, we're in this 2.0 era. I don't know how much that would really change. Um, but no, that's just saying we are caught in a slump, and that makes our job as as viewers, as critics, as just wrestling fans a little harder. Um, you know, I, again, I, I don't want to sit here every week and be like, oh, I, I miss NXT the way it was because that's not fun, obviously. But I do. <laughs> and, and I thought War Games was a good show, but obviously, as we talked about, that was a, the final final uh, death cry, I guess, of the Black and Gold era. So here we are. Um Again, I, I liked parts of the show tonight. There was a lot that I didn't like. I am hopeful that uh, New Year's Evil will be a good show as well. That maybe we'll, again, maybe if they can kind of uh, fully commit and have Braun Breaker win the title, at least then you're kind of moving forward in that sense. Uh, but no, and again, I don't even know what, what would quote unquote save the show at this point. And that's just saying she's not sure if Triple H could save it, Triple H, the, the father of NXT. And if, you, if not even he could save it. I don't, I don't know what Stone Cold Steve Austin could save it. Arrive, raise hell, uh, bring bring black and gold back and leave. That's what Stone Cold could do. Um, but we'll see. Forward, you know, we will see. We will hope for better. You mentioned, ironically, if they do what, like a year end clip show or whatever, 
I mean, no, we may have to take a week off. Like, there's no, there's nothing to even review. There you know? will be no show. I'm um, probably assuming there'll be no show that week. Uh, and if there is, I can't imagine it'll be because of good programming. So again, th- thoughts about what the kid do? He's just saying, bring back Regal. I miss William Regal, man. I hope I hope he comes back at some point. But he's, he's bring back so... Samoa Joe. Again, there's there are things we don't even know, like the details about. It's like. We know obviously Smojo vacated the title. We all know the extent of his injury or his recovery. I haven't, I haven't heard a peep about that. Where uh, just hasn't appeared. Um, so that seems to be more of an intentional thing, maybe. But I don't know. I don't know, man. I, uh, we can hope for better. We do know what, if there's a clip show. If not, we'll have at least one more normal episode of the show next week before New Year's Evil. We'll be back here to talk all about that. Um, we do know Brian Never asking Shawn Michaels is still involved. Shawn Michaels has been running the ship since Triple H had to uh, take a leave of absence uh, for his recovery. Shawn's obviously been doing the best that he can, uh, and I don't. No one should blame him for this. He's he's been like he's the captain of a ship that's like been designed by other people, and I, that's how I kind of read it. Where it's like he's running the ship, he's running the show, he's teaching he's teaching the people, but it's not like he's the one responsible for these changes. I think that those are already in the works before that. So he's been trying to, I think, make the most of it. I think uh, anytime you have a good match, like a good main event, like we saw tonight with uh, Breaker and, and Roger Strong, is a credit to that. It's like you're trying to make the most out of what you're being told to do. And I, I think that is uh, the best you can really hope for uh, in some ways. But again, we hope very much for um, for the best here. But with that being said, we'll be back here next week. We'll be back here to talk about NXT. Uh, we'll be here on Monday to talk all things Friday Raw. Uh, Robert D. Fleece and I won't be here on Friday to talk about Friday at SmackDown, but um, we'll be back in the week after that. And otherwise, hope you all have a wonderful holiday. Well, we'll be back, we'll be back next week. I'm getting ahead of myself, but we'll be back, uh, obviously, uh, next week and beyond here. But um, above, all, above all other things here, it's important to remember to do one thing above all others. And John, can you tell me what that is? Enjoy the show and appreciate it. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.